What is going on, Success Edge listeners? Tyler McCart. Man, excited to be able to share with you guys today. We're going to have a lot of fun. Got a great topic in store for you. A lot of new things going to have be happening. Hope you enjoy episode six. So in this episode, guys, we're going to be talking about success. Obviously, that's why it's called the Success Edge Show. How did I come up with the Success Edge Show? Well, I read a book called The Slight Edge. You might have heard me reference it before in a time, uh, goodness, actually in my first episode, which by the way, if you've ever gone back and listened to my first episode, woo, we've come a long ways. Let's just say that. So The Slight Edge is a powerful, powerful book, and I would definitely recommend anybody read it. It'll make a, a it'll make an impact in you. But that's how I came up with the uh, success edge because success is really just built upon a small edge that you edge in every single day of your life. The things that are easy to do, things that are not easy to do, but man, they'll make a profound impact in your life. These small little things, and that's why I named this uh, podcast, or actually this episode. Big doors swing on small hinges. I got that quote actually from a gentleman named Dr. Mike Murdoch, very very wise minister. Very that's basically all he's all about is wisdom, and you can actually find him um, at wisdomonline.tv. I believe that's the uh, name, the actual website. But Dr. Mike Murdoch made that statement of you know big doors swing on small hinges, and he emphasized the small hinges. And I'm going to tell two stories real quick, and one of them is a personal story. The other one is actually from the Bible. And I'm going to start with actually the one uh, from the Bible to kind of lay the groundwork or kind of give you kind of some framework to know this by. And it actually comes from 2 Kings uh, chapter 5, and it is about Nahum's leprosy that was healed. Uh, he actually got healed of leprosy. Now, the Nahum, if you go back and read the story in uh, 2 Kings 5, he was a commander of the army of Syria. So this is a pretty high-ranking official. He was a man of valor, what the Bible says, and but he had leprosy. And they had gone on a raid and had captured a young girl from the uh, country of Israel. She was an Israelite. And she was actually was brought into the house of Nahum, and she became a servant to the wife of Nahum. And I guess from, I don't know all the details of kind of the intricacies behind that, but she actually had compassion for Nahum because he had leprosy. And she made mention about a man in, the, in Samaria named Elisha that, could actually, that actually healed people of leprosy. And he was a man of God, is what she told him. And based upon that, Nahum goes to the king of Syria, requests to be able to go to Israel in peace, and go find this man of God. Well, as you know the story, he goes to find Elisha. Elisha tells him to go dip himself in the river Jordan, which actually was overflowing and very, if you've ever been to the uh, river Jordan, it's actually a very, you know... Not a not exactly the cleanest looking, although it's a it's 
fine river, but it is definitely, uh, that river looks pretty uh, murky. So, Nahum goes and dips himself seven times in the River Jordan. He comes up after the seventh time, and lo and behold, his skin is like a baby, completely healed of his leprosy. Now, the point is, Nahum, the servant girl, the girl, was a small hinge. How many of you guys in your life have found, you know, that one person that made one suggestion in your life or that might have been, you know, a small little impact, you know, which seemed so trivial, but truly changed your whole entire, you know, life or, you know, that person that set you up on that blind date that led you to actually marrying your spouse today. Those types of things, those are small hinges in your life that swing huge doors, and we need to pay attention to those things. And we don't need to think that they are trivial or mundane, but they are special and they are unique to you in your success journey. So in my life, I'll just kind of, for Miss McCoy, she was a small hinge and made a tremendous impact in my life to, to really put me where I am today. And I could point to several other little instances, you know, that impacted me. But Miss McCoy, because she just recently passed away, left this earth too soon, obviously. But she's obviously in heaven, praise the Lord. But Miss McCoy made an impact in my life. So I'm going to give you the story. So I started dating a girl in high school. Her name is Katie, uh, Katie McCoy, an awesome godly girl. Uh, we had a great uh, godly relationship for about 19 months out of my from my soft, the end of my sophomore year to the end of my junior year. And, man, I grew to really love their family. Mr. McCoy had a ministry. He introduced me to FCA. Um, I truly was just impacted by this family. And Miss McCoy, because of the decisions that I had made uh, during my junior year in high school, I had decided to not play football where that I had played football pretty much since I was in third third or fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started out as a, as a little Shiloh general, you know, in good old Snowville, Georgia, and I played for, the, uh, for Shiloh, and uh, later actually played for South Gwinnett High School. But my junior year, I actually became an offensive lineman, whereas pretty much my whole entire football career, I was a running back. Which, you know, I was willing to serve the team, do whatever I needed to do, but God had other things in store for me. And because of that, I actually decided or felt led of the Holy Spirit to not play football my senior year and to dedicate myself to track and field. Now, the reason I decided to track and field was because during my sophomore year, I had a tremendous amount of success as a junior varsity um, athlete in track and field. I was doing well in the shot put. I did well in the discus. I did well in the 4x100 meter relay, the 4x400 meter relay. Um, I was okay at the long jump. I mean, I was okay at these events, and which led me actually to becoming uh, my junior year to quit football, to say, dedicate myself to track, and to become a decathlete. All right. Now, they didn't have any decathlons or anything like that, or decathletes in the state of Georgia. 
in the high school arena, but they had it in the Junior, Olymp- junior Olympics. So after track season was, season was done for me, which my junior year actually, by the way, was horrible. I had a very bad junior year in track and field, but I still pressed on and still held, held true to actually moving forward with my decision and trust that God would uphold that decision. And I was going strictly by faith because there was a lot of people against me from the decision I made of quitting football, including my, uh, my dad, big time. But needless to say, Miss McCoy supported me. She actually, you know, thought it was pretty cool that I had decided to do this. And one day, I can't remember exactly, you know, where I was at, but it was it was in April. I had recently made my decision officially because I had to decide about football because I was either going to go to spring practice or not go to spring practice. And I decided not to go to spring practice. And there, my decision really kind of became known. And during that time, a couple weeks later, Miss McCoy handed me actually a news article in the sports section. And this news article that she handed me was by a, uh, about a gentleman who was a 1960 decathlete. And he actually lived in Atlanta, Georgia. And he actually trained other athletes in the decathlon. And she handed this article to me. She says, hey, Ty, I think this might be a good article for maybe potentially for you to read, you know, and maybe who knows, you might be able to meet this guy named Coach Mulkey and, you know, he might be able to help you out. Well, that was kind of in April. May comes, you know, my track coach uh, said he was going to help me out. He had some life uh, situations happen. Actually, he got promoted in his job for a basketball uh, coaching job, a head coach, actually, the high school I went to. So he was tied up with all that and all those decisions he had to make for that. And I was kind of left out there uh, to figure things out for track and field. And if you know anything about the decathlon, there's 10 different events. And for me, I was only good at really about four. <laughs> so 60% of those you know, events, I had no clue about. But I still pressed on. Trusted God. I'm like, man, if the Lord led me out of this and I've got a desire and a dream to pursue uh, a track and field scholarship and be able to go to the Olympics doing this, I've got to hold to my guns. Well, I went in to compete at the Junior Olympics in LaGrange, Georgia for the state meet for ju- the Junior Olympics and the decathlon. And as I was competing, you know, the decathlon is actually over a two-day period of time. And the first day, I kept seeing this other athlete who was actually the number one guy being coached by this older gentleman. And man, he was, you know, the, the coach looked like he was professional and he was giving advice to, to his athlete and the guy was performing really well. Well, obviously, I'm like, man, I got to maybe meet this guy, you know, this other coach and I don't want to like try to, you know, rain on the other guy, other athlete's parade and say, hey, you want to coach me? <laughs> I mean, that would be awkward. So I came over to the coach and I said, hey, do you know a gentleman named Coach Mulkey? And the guy said, uh, well, yeah, I know a gentleman named Coach Mulkey. Actually, he and I are good friends. And I said, great. I said, man, I'd love to, you know, get a way that I can maybe get in contact with him. I read an article about him in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and, you know, maybe, who knows, I might be able to, uh, to reach out to him. So one thing led to another. The next day of the decathlon, which was the last day, 
I finally came back up to the gentleman and said, hey, do you have a business card or some way that I can get in touch with Coach Mulkey? And this was during the, um, the javelin. Well, lo and behold, he reaches, goes over to his bag. He comes over and hands me a business card of Coach Mulkey. And I'm like, great, thanks so much. And I don't think anything about it. I go and perform the javelin and throw the javelin and do well at the jav. But lo and behold, I overhear the other athlete call out to that coach and said, hey, Coach Mulkey, how did that look? And all of a sudden, man, lightning bolt (laughs) in my little pea-sized brain just went into um, motion. (laughs) And I go over to that gentleman. I said, you're Coach Mulkey. And he said, yep, actually I am. (laughs) Well, me meeting Coach Mulkey led me to actually... All these things. Number one, it led me having a coach for the decathlon. Number two, it actually led me to actually landing a collegiate track and field scholarship to Division I school, which was Coastal Carolina University. He helped me actually become the state champion in the decathlon. He actually helped me place third in the regionals in the southeast region of the Junior Olympics. He also helped me get to... um, to compete actually in the national level, which I placed 18th overall, and he helped me get to college. He suggested that I, to the coach at Coastal Carolina University, to get in touch with me. It was the only school that called me to actually become a collegiate athlete. And later on, obviously from there on, I moved out to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and the rest is history. And it all was around Miss Kia McCoy handing me a newspaper article. Gang, I'm telling you, these small events, these small little acts, I mean, God even says in His Word that He sees it whenever you hand a cup of cold water to somebody. He notices that. We need to pay attention to these small hinges because they swing big doors. So, that was dedicated to Miss McCoy. She impacted my life more than she knows. And one day when I get to heaven, I'm definitely going to tell her about that. So, I hope you guys enjoyed that story, those two stories of big doors swing on small hinges. Next episode is going to be why you should pay yourself first. I think I'm going to come at it at a little bit different angle than what you anticipate, but I'm excited to be able to share this uh, information with you. Gang, you can find me on Stitcher Radio. It's a cross-platform for podcasts for for Android, Windows, um, iPhone, and so forth that you can find me on. Also, obviously, I'm going to renew my podcast for in the Apple's iTunes library. But, gang, I am excited to be able to share this podcast with you. I hope you're enjoying it. We will talk to you very soon. Over and out.